0: Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host Dr. April and co-host Dr. Kelly. Welcome
1: to the Bringing Intimacy Back show where intimacy is real. Hello Dr. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm up here in northern
2: Michigan and it's 31 degrees. Oof. Yes, are you feeling so much better cuz we missed you last week? Yeah, well, as you can tell by my voice, it's, you know, it's coming back but and my hair is frozen this high. <laughs> okay because <laughs> I was about to say it looks wonderful <laughs> yes. thanks it's good to see you so how was your week this last week I'm sorry I missed the show last week
1: oh okay it's been good yeah it's been a week full of um, interesting things I uh, my fourth book just came out about great sex so definitely check it out on Amazon yes and um, our Costa Rica retreat is filling up quickly we only have two more spots left so if you're interested out there, yeah, definitely. You so be it's been good. You got to be a couple for that retreat. Yes, you do have to be a couple. Yes. <laughs> you have you to have know, people Dr. connect. Rachel,
2: yes. uh, in a former life, not really a former life, but in my 20s, I was a program director at a conference center and they had singles retreats. It was in upstate New York. You would think I would have enjoyed that, right? But it was scary. What was so
1: scary about
2: it? Well, people came in with what I call a huge sucking sound, all kinds of needs. And I was like, oh my, let's just have lunch here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I got better at it. And I realized that it was just uh, social, uh, social anxiety for some people in group
1: situations. Yes, yes. And I do think um, because of where we've been at for the last two years, a lot of us, including myself, have had social anxiety. It's been hard to get out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And communication, yeah, it's been difficult, you know? But what I'm happy about today is that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about, is spirit communication, getting through life, finding joy, even in the midst of what we've been going on. And um, for a lot of us, we've lost a lot of people. Yeah. You know, joy
2: in the midst of trial reminds me of uh, the Apostle Paul when he had those missionary journeys. And one of them, he was put in a jail in Philippi. And he wrote the whole entire book of Philippians from jail. And it was on joy. So, yeah, joy in the midst of trials is something that I'm very interested in learning more. I'm looking forward to meeting
1: Maureen and having our show today. Yes, yes. So let me, but before I introduce Maureen, um, I just want to let the guests know that how I came about with Maureen. Um, she's one of those beautiful souls that um, how can I put it? When you need help or you're trying to start something new, you know that she's open and she's given information. So she's the one who was who's been helping me and retreat. Really? Yes. You yes. Heard of it? Yes, okay. definitely. Yes. Yes. So let you guys know, she is internationally known all over the world, and she's a spirit medium, a teacher, a lecturer, a holistic healer, and an author of the best-selling book, The Medium Next Door, Adventures of a Real Life Ghost Whispers. She's she has fascinating. Spe- I know. I know. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> she had spent decades. Um, dismissifying the overwhelming subject matter of death. Mm. Um, definitely in the sense of helping us realize it's about, you know, this some people think there's um uh whatever dimensions where there's just this part and then this part, but she dismissifies that and helping individuals to flux their intuitive muscles and tap into the messages from their spirit. A teacher of source, Marine has brought comfort, joy, hope, healing to a lot of people. And today she's gonna to talk about how grief impacts relationship and how to find joy in the grief journey. And she's gonna inspire us and in
3: helping us. So let me welcome Maureen. Welcome Maureen. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. We, yeah, we, I know we planned this like many months ago. So uh, it's finally here and I think it's so timely. And like you both said, so many people are suffering extra hard even right now with so many losses and I don't know about you, but so many of my friends are losing loved ones and family and it's just, uh, it's so hard. So I like to bring that element of how do you get through it? How do you get more signs, have hope, and then find your way, right? Right, because it affects everything. In fact,
1: 10 minutes ago, I just answered a phone call And a woman was saying how she lost her father and her twin sister and her partner doesn't feel like, she doesn't feel like she's getting the comfort that she needs. Yes. Yes. So I'm glad we're really talking about this grief here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Relationships change, don't you think? And um, with especially parents who have lost children physically, and that's kind of my specialty, and you've probably both seen this where- you know, couples kind of break apart and it's, you know, they grieve in their own way. And sometimes that causes friction. uh, And a lot of the couples I work with end up breaking up or they go their own separate way. And so by helping them to create a really strong non-physical relationship with their child, it brings them back and just bringing them back to when they first met and they created this beautiful life and, and that he or she is still with them. So I think that ties right into what you both speak of.
1: Yeah, definitely. How did you even get into this
3: line of work? So it found me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I- as a child, I had lead paint poisoning. Now this was back in the day when everything was lead paint based and uh, I grew up a, about 20 minutes south of Boston. So I'm kind of a Boston girl, if you couldn't tell. And <laughs> I chewed the windowsills and I, I, the paint <laughs> t- tasted like Necco wafers, no lie. I don't know if you know ne- Necco wafers, that's a Boston. No, no, and I didn't even know people chewed things like that. Oh yeah, they oh, taste yeah. like chalk. <laughs>
2: And it, it actually
3: it. had it had a sweet lead paint was um deceiving, like because it had a sweet taste and it really tasted like candy for kids. And that's why there was such mm. a huge around the whole country, not the world, lead paint poisoning. So I slipped into a coma. I was in children's wow. hospital in Boston for three years. I was three in, years. I was in for oh a my year gosh. I was in a coma. I had brain shunts, encephalitis, and they created chelation, which is now used to draw heavy metals out of the blood, but that was created for me. And I used to see spirits walking around the house when I finally got to come home. I went in at two years old, I came home at five years old. And a lot of kids are seeing spirits and things. For me, it was scary. It was like, who are these people? And they were like, they're gonna take you back to the hospital. So cut to (laughs) 1992. I know I was in a a a five year old. That's scary. Yes. And so many people I run into or write, reach out to me, say that their kids are seeing spirit. And especially now there's so many, what I call like the light workers coming in or the sensitive children and uh, they're seeing spirits. They're hearing them. They're being woken up by them. And I teach them how to you know, protect themselves for me, you know, it's St. Michael, the Archangel stand at every door and window because, you know, the good cats. Yes. And <laughs> uh, I was in a car accident at 25 years old. I fell asleep at the wheel. I had just taken my seatbelt off. It was a stormy March night. I was almost home and I was like, oh, I'm going to take this off. And boom, I hit a tree, broke every bone in my face. They brought oh the cause of life and I wasn't in the car. They kept saying to me like, who pulled you out of the car? And I said, nobody, I opened the door and they were like, look at your car. And it was one of those vehicles crushed that you would say that person did not survive, no way. And the woman who called 911 was shaken out of a sound sleep, she lived alone. And she said, somebody said in her ear, go downstairs to the kitchen and wait. And there I was. So I was set up for all kinds of surgery, shipped to Boston, rushed, and um, when they went to do surgery, did another CAT scan, and I felt my grandmother with me. She had just passed. I heard her voice. I yelled. I felt a warm rush go through me, and then I didn't need anything done. We're talking skull, cheeks were fractured. My eyes were completely crushed. My nose stitches right down the middle. Didn't need anything done, and then I started to hear... Dead people, <laughs> piss up. Right. So then it was just so overwhelming. And just a side note, I was litigation manager at Logan Airport. So then 9-11 happened. And I was doing stand-up comedy in Boston. So I became the comedian medium. So I try to do this in a way that is more accessible on the medium next door, like my book. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. My gosh. There's
2: a lot. <laughs> That's a, well, you synthesize that quite specifically. Thank you. You've been doing this a while. I have. It's
3: 22 Thank years you. now. Mm-hmm.
2: What was more significant to you the, the coma as a child or the one where you fell asleep at the wheel or were they equal in their impact?
3: No pun intended. Get it? Impact? Yeah. Oh, well, I get All it. Right. So, <laughs> Gonna keep it light, you guys.
2: Right, keep it light. It's it's way too (laughs) effing serious lately.
3: Yeah. Yes. So my car accident, only because I don't remember a lot as a child. I mean, from two years old to five, who really remembers a lot of that? I mean, I was in and out of hospitals even for years after that. But when I was a, I do remember as a five-year-old, because the Sacred Heart of Jesus picture in every good Christian home, would speak to me and tell me things. And I told my little 4, 4, ten Irish mother, the guy's lips are moving. <laughs> she was like, what's he saying? And amazing things. Like I said, he said, Graham's gonna have a heart attack on Wednesday. On Wednesday, even though my mother was like, this is weird. She was ready. Her mother, my grandmother lived with us. She had a heart attack that Wednesday. My mother was ready, saved her life. I could just go on and on, but, I remember the scary people walking around my room. I do remember that because it was so overwhelming and scary. So at 25, I'm hearing the voices. So I'm litigation manager at Logan. I was overwhelmed by the voices of 9-11, I say, because going back after I just had my second child, it was too much. And I ended up leaving. I started a cancer foundation and doing hands-on healing holistic healing. I opened my own place. Finally, I was doing shiatsu, which is an acupressure, um, acupuncture, praying over the sick and dying, bring bringing natural healing to the masses. And that's what I do now. I own a large yoga studio and we do all kinds of wellness as well.
1: Wow. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, I'm just, as you're telling your story, I'm thinking about your mom and because um, we talked about how you said grief and relationships and and children's sickness. Yeah, were um, your parents able to make it through? Oh my together? God!
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, my okay. parents and they are both in heaven now. But they were married 55 years when Dad passed and then Mom passed about seven or eight years later. But the strongest because their faith got them through. And my dad was laid back, just kind of a chill, cool Irish guy. My mom you know, raw, hear me roar. Um, I'm one of nine children. So you can imagine. So very strict, very strict uh, Irish Catholic. And yeah, my sister, I'm not even the best story. My sister, Mary Grace was hit by a car at 15. And she uh, was pronounced brain dead, rushed to mass general in Boston, and she laid in a coma for a year. So, uh, I always say with a coma family from Boston, but <laughs> okay, so, wow. you know, that's when their, their bond was tested and their faith. And she came out of the coma. She was completely paralyzed, brain dead, came out of the coma after a year and paralyzed. And we had our confirmation together in the hospital, the rehab, and she stood up. She's paralyzed, stood up out of the wheelchair. And my mom almost had a heart attack. Everyone's screaming, the doctors and nurses. She stands up and walks up to the, slowly, but she said, I'm gonna walk. And she walked up to the bishop. So, so many inspirational stories, but yeah, my parents were like this.
2: Maureen, who in your family, uh, like what we have, my faith, I call them prayer warriors, people that just pray. Who in your family, either on your, any generation or whatever, do you know,
3: just prayed? Oh my gosh. So, uh, so my grandmother, Maggie, um, so I got my sort of faith beginnings from my grandmother. So uh, she lived with us, like I said, and just, she would squeeze the beads every day. Do you like that? Squeeze the
0: beads. (laughs) Squeeze the beads. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Sex therapist in the house picked up on that.
1: <laughs>
3: yes,
1: <Earth> yes. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes, I'm Catholic too, so I know. You're very eclectic, we get it.
2: I yes. get it.
3: So, anyway, so my grandmother Maggie Mac for sure, my mom prayed every day, morning till night, because she got it from her mom. I might not find it in a brick building, but I definitely have my own faith. I was visited, you know, Jesus H, the Blessed Mother Mary, in my accident mm-hmm. when they said I wasn't breathing, and I was basically dead uh, my grandmother said oh you know came to me in a vision and she had the blessed mother kind of went through my body and so mary's my home girl uh, <laughs> okay. but, you know definitely even my dad's side everybody was strong faith my dad had a really strong faith as well and um so that's where it, and we call it the god squad you can steal
2: <laughs> okay. Thank you. how did you know i was a thief you know you said that you don't um yours isn't from entering a brick building and I walked in a garage and I didn't become a car. So I'm quite of the belief that it is not about the building truly. In fact, our bodies are considered temples.
3: Oh, I like that. Right. So I just, we all have the same heart, right? And that's where it comes from the heart.
1: Yes. Wow. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how intimacy, faith and medium, all are connected and we'll
0: be back in a moment. Are you wanting a vacation in paradise? A vacation to rekindle the passion, a vacation without the kids, a vacation where you can learn how to communicate, where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight. If so, vacation counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the Vacation Counseling, please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on vacation counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy, and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, vacation counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida.
2: Renew your connection and your love in beautiful Costa Rica, February 27th through March 3rd, 2022. We'll make sure it happens. Vacation Counseling Intimate Couples Retreat, your next vacation. Enroll now at vacationcounseling.com.
1: Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy show where intimacy is real. Um, so one of the things is on the show, we talk about intimacy. And so Maureen, what is your definition of intimacy?
3: So my definition of intimacy is for me, it's like that sacred spot within that you allow when you feel comfortable others to tap into or see. Or that part of you that's so raw, it can be where love resides. Um, you know, passion, uh, even grief or sadness. And I just, uh, you know, I have no idea where I'm pulling this from. But doesn't that sound great. I was like, "Who's talking? Is this Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> Orlando, or Orlando? Is that you? Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't you think it's like the deepest place of you that is so sacred and that you you honor it? So honoring it can also be uh, being raw and honest and talking about what you need and what fulfills you and what is working for you and what isn't.
1: Right, definitely. And I love how you, you put that. So as we are merging into a medium, can you explain to people, may have all these different definition.
3: So I'm a spirit medium. It took me years to even come to grips with saying that. Like I would go to say the doctor and it would say occupation. I'd be like, mm, speaker. And so especially, <laughs> you know, being raised, direct, um, yes. Irish Catholic or whatever, I couldn't really come out with that for a while. And then my mom helped me, you know, just working with... Um, priests or therapists or whatnot to uh, because it was a lot so a spirit medium is somebody that can connect to the other side heaven beyond uh, beyond the veil whatever you want to call it I call it heaven but it wasn't until the accident that I realized um, that I was seeing feeling hearing and having dreams visions and then I started to when I would put my hands on people oh, hi, I'm her father, Bill. And then I started to share, like, do you know anyone named Bill? Oh, that's my father. I was like, oh, God. So I didn't like it at first. I was like, take it away. I had a lot of anxiety, you know, growing up. And so it just added to my anxiety. So I used humor to to marry the two so that I could deal with it and make people laugh and cry and maybe heal a little. It's a celebration of life and memories when you open up to the possibilities of, and you don't have to um, go to a medium. You all are medium. So medium is intuition. It's a God-given gift that we've all been given to survive, to be able to get signs, to be able to have dreams, to be able to feel like our loved ones in spirit are still with us to pray to them and know that they hear us, Right.
2: how yeah. you when you um when you first like put your hand on somebody and it was like bill talking so amy or whatever when was so,
3: it? um when i so i was always intuitive and new things uh you know growing up so as the child with the lead paint and seeing the spirits and then getting those sort of like messages from jesus and whatnot um, that's how I got it then. And then at 25, after the accident, as I, I started to hear things, and I would just be half asleep, and like someone poked the head out, like, "Oh, you know, I'm your friend Kathy's dad, or whatever." So, but when I actually started to do body work and laying my hands on with Reiki, hands-on healing, Shiatsu, and whatnot, um, I was in my early 30s then. So, but I always had it, but that's when I let the cat out of the bag and I was working at Logan Airport. And then, you know, 9-11 happened 20, Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, I think, right, 2001, yeah. And that's when I said, I'm gonna start doing this. I need to share this, I need to get it out there. And, but I always had this, ever since I was little, my mother even told me, people would say, what do you wanna be when you grow up to me? And I would say, I'm gonna work with cancer people, even Mm -hmm. as a five-year-old. So I already came in knowing. So I do um, all kinds of work with the death, those that are um, end-stage cancer or any terminal uh, disease or challenge or whatnot. So I help them not be afraid of death. I help them to set up signs for those left behind. I help the families left behind and I've witnessed thousands of actual passings. I've been in the room. The energy is like this. It's magnificent. And so many who can't even talk will come at that moment and just, it's beautiful. That's what I've seen time and time again. So I know it's beautiful. They're no longer sick anymore. And um, you can, I help them create just a beautiful environment so everyone's not fighting and, you know, maybe it's music or candles or some nice incense or whatever it may be, instead of everybody breaking up. So speaking of relationships, so many families break up after a physical passing. You've seen this, right?
1: Right, right. Do the spirits come to you? Do you have to touch a person for the spirits to come to you? Okay.
3: No. So I do something called Postcards from Heaven. It's a live event that... I traveled around the country doing, and now um, I'm doing, you know, retreats and live events. And I stand in front of, you know, two to 500 people every weekend, and I just get feelings. But I don't just throw it out like a, a net, like a lot of mediums do. I'll say, okay, the woman in the second to last row, five seats over, purple shirt, your son is here. I'm hearing the name Kevin, he passed in a car accident. So I'm hearing, Definitely like details and whatnot. Um, but no, some some people will work with pictures or objects and that's called psychometry. And I don't have to do that, but I can do that. And I also teach people how to do this. So, uh, but no, I don't have to touch them. And if, if I do hands-on healing, especially with somebody that's end-stage cancer, like my hands shake, it feels like- mm. It's it's beyond beautiful, but it's so hard too because they're getting ready to lift out of the body. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Yeah, as these last 18 months have been tough for many people out there, um, what are some of the lessons that you're hearing from the people who have passed away or the healings? Or...
3: Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is forgiveness. So, and I never... Throw that out there like, oh, you have to forgive this person. But I will connect them in a way that they can communicate, like, wow, we never got to say goodbye. Um, I'm so sorry that I, I've had a life review and I see my shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and I'm deeply sorry. So I've noticed a lot of healing take place when a loved one in spirit can come back and finally take responsibility. I mean, if it's not going to happen here, maybe it can still happen. And I've noticed a lot of acceptance with folks with like, wow, I've just really always wanted my father to acknowledge what happened and take some responsibility. And if it has to be, you know, this way, yes. then so be it. So I think that's that's the biggest sort of lesson. And I also will tell people, spend time with them now because I mm-hmm. wish I spent more time with my mom. She was always like, Moe, when are you going to come over? Moi, mowie And that's one of my regrets, so not having any regrets, spending time with people, and especially after what we've just been through, just making sure that you make memories and you cherish everyone here and just love them and accept, like sometimes just acceptance. Like I accept who you are, Mm -hmm. I can't change you. This is how you are and I'm gonna love you anyway.
1: Right, right, Right. definitely. And you mentioned forgiveness and I was just thinking of a session I had earlier where sometimes people have passed away and there's this pain, you know, that I wasn't good enough or this or that. And many therapists, including myself, we have people write letters or state out that they're, you know, sorry or whatever the case may be. Um, Do you believe that the spirits around us, that they can hear what we're saying?
3: Absolutely. So that's what I like to teach people that you know that's called clear audience so it's when you hear within yourself. so you hear a voice and it and a lot of times that voice will try to help you and it will be like look over your shoulder while you're driving there's a car coming and you get this nudge and spirit's voice will repeat over and over look out look out look out look until you finally oh my gosh you know like this so yeah they can hear you without talking out loud So if you want to have a conversation with them, it can just be like this. It's just like a meditation or a prayer or whatever, maybe. And you just talk and and they, they listen and they talk back. So when you get to that point that you trust and you know that it's not just your wishful thinking, it's not just you creating this, it's really a communication. I had a dad who lost his daughter come to my event last night. And I I said, you know, she really loves that you can hear her. And he he goes, I have complete conversations with her. He's like, I can hear her. I ask her a question and she answers me. And that's what I want to get all of your, your viewers and listeners to get to that point where you trust. So that's also a big lesson, trust. Trust in something you cannot always see or explain. Okay, if I go like this to you, like, Oh, look at this. Can you see that? No. Well, that's my breath. That's oxygen. And I can't prove it to you, April, but I know it sustains me and I know it's going in, but it's invisible. It's an invisible force, but oh, it's a force.
1: Yeah. So how do you teach people? Now we're going into trust. How do you teach people to trust um, that intuition or to trust themselves to be okay, to be open, to hear this yeah. they are love Right.
3: That. It's a journey. And it's almost like I could hand you a guitar and say, I'm going to show you three chords and you're going to play 60 songs. And you're like, no way. It's not until you actually do the work and practice and trust it. I think seeing is believing, right? But right. when I say to people like, come on, trust in your abilities, easier said than done, which is, I just can't stand that phrase that I, because I always answer with, then do the work.
1: Okay. yes,
3: I must do that too. Yes. So, you know, but people give up so easily, right? How many times have you started something new and you're like, eh, or they, you know, they might lose interest because they don't see immediate results. So I just say, stick with it and they can try different things. And, you know, I'll do easy, easy things like, oh, lay a deck of cards out so that you can't see them and put your hands over one and see if you can get a vision of like a color, red or black, right? Flip it over. Then I say, let's go a little bit deeper. Try to get a suit. Put your hands over, see if you can see the suit, flip it over, and then even go further. So it's like just like mm-hmm. anything that you're learning, you're gonna take one easy step, then a little bit harder, then a little bit harder, or You know, you think of somebody and they call you. How many times has that happened? Yes. Um, There's no such thing as coincidence. I feel that we're intuitive beings. We question everything. We get stuck in these heavy layers of grief. And so that I call it peeling the artichoke so you can find your heart again. Do you like that? (laughs) Yes. Better than
2: peeling an onion.
3: Well, um, people say onion and I didn't like it. So I came up with artichoke.
2: I know when people say to feed two, uh, kill two birds with one stone, I say, well, how about we feed two birds with one crumb? Let's that.
3: see right that on. you are right up my alley.
2: Right on. I feel you. I feel that. So I have a question and this may be a bizarre question, but, you know, uh, we're doctors and we work in mental health fields. And, uh, people that sometimes if they hear things or see things, mm. what's one of the, they're going to be like, typically the first thought is not spirit medium, but that they're on the spectrum while you were going through this, were there people in your life that were trying to tell you that it was a mental health diagnosis? Did that ever come up or am I just way out of there? In the no, world? you
3: are right on the money. Um, That luckily did not happen for me. And you bring up a fantastic point. Mm -hmm. So that I've had over the years, thousands of, of people that have come to me to learn. And there have been a couple of times and I always say, first of all, seek out a grief counselor. This is just kind of an adjunct or something that can assist you in your journey, but that you should always see a counselor. But I've had people come to me hearing voices, thinking they're a medium and there is some mental illness there that needs to be addressed and they need medication and I'm all about it. And I, you know, I'm not a trained physician, but I will send them in the right direction. I've had two recently and one, um, it did end up being, some type, type of psychosis or, or like she was schizophrenic. And um, and do we have gifts? Absolutely. And then the other point you brought up about being on the spectrum, I have noticed that, uh, especially, especially children with um, autism and Asperger's, they do have special sensitivities and they yes. can sometimes, um, they're just at a higher plane vibrationally than us. And my husband has a nonprofit for autistic kids with karate. And they say the most amazing things that are beyond any explanation. So there is that sort of like catch 22, like I'm always, "Mm," like I, I have somebody reaching out and I have a gut feeling that this person needs help that I cannot provide. And they need to get that squared away, right? And are they old souls? Yes, who came into this life with heavy agreements like bipolar or, you know, different. I like
2: that heavy agreements. I never heard it worded. Yeah, neither.
3: Oh, yeah. What is that? Well, usually, like
2: deep shit is what it is. Right, And it's
3: just if, if you subscribe to that, we all come in with a soul agreement, which I do for our learning and growth. And, you know, if you notice that you keep presenting with the same types of people in your life, there's usually a reason because you're supposed to learn and grow and release or forgive or whatever and realize, oh, I have certain patterns. And when you finally get it and you can, you know, shift and switch that up, oh, I can see. <laughs> <in laughs> really nice. Right? But yes, you know I feel that we all come in with these soul agreements, and I've noticed that the oldest souls of these beautiful uh, beings of light, humans that oh, they're spiritual beings that come in as a human, um, all you know, special needs, whatever that may be, physical, mental uh, challenges, Asperger's, autism, um, bipolar. It's just this is just my feeling. You could, uh, let me just
2: uh, help help in this one area, how yep. I rule out, one way to rule out if there is any schizophrenic, um, not rule it out completely because we're not doctors. You have to be a psychiatrist or a medical doctor to diagnose, but I always find out how they've been sleeping. So if you have somebody who they're, yes. hey, they're sleeping, do you find that too, Dr. April?
1: I just had that today. Yes.
2: Uh-huh. Um, I find that I had that last week. So so you can say, oh, so, okay. So you have some audio and you have some visual. Um, how are you sleeping lately? Let's ask that. And if they're like, I sleep eight to 10 hours, but if they say they haven't slept in two or three days, then that would be, hey, um, reach out to your medical doctor or whatever. Because if a person truly is not, you know, I certainly believe in, the spirit world. I do. And, and, uh, and so, but I wanted to ask you that because people do, it even took you Maureen years before you could write spirit medium on your, what you do for a. (laughs) So, so if you're helping people and it sounds like you and your husband are a fantastic team and that you do so much for people around you and those that are grieving or with special needs, you're quite dynamic.
3: Thank you yeah I want to spread the message that we all have this and we can use it to our life's advantage right and both we of you have
2: it? you think
3: yes is that one what of people... that but... at different levels so it really just depends like let's say uh, so I say okay you have it and Kelly you you're an over, you know. You are an overthinker, so sometimes it will take you longer to quiet down and meditate and sort of get into the space. And I think you're like me; like I get bored easy. So, like yoga, yes. Yes. I'm just like Namaste, my ass. Like get me out of here. so um And I own a yoga studio, but I have to keep doing it. yours is going to be walking. Yours is going to be getting out in the woods and in and, and water and you know earth earthly things. He's reading. Uh, <laughs> I know she is. I, I am. I
2: in water yesterday.
3: <laughs> I am, but Tell that's where, where you find. That's where you find your peace, right? Do you have a dog? No, no, I I travel too much. Maybe you had one because I saw a dog around you. So, uh, <laughs> you. So, um, I think a black. It may upp- have been an X, actually. <laughs> oh, he's dead to you. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I love though that you can now I'm gonna use that. How's your sleep? Go see your doctor, and whatnot. And people that are being bothered by spirits sometimes will be woken up. The witching hours between three and five a.m. So a lot mm-hmm. of us will wake up and look at the clock, it's 3.15 every morning.
2: 3 for me.
3: Yep. Yes. That's my mom's number to me. That's my right.
2: mom's number to me, Maureen.
3: Seven. Oh my gosh. Wow.
2: It is positively. Right. Right. That she passed into Heaven's Gate. Um, I was in her house alone with her when she passed. And then at three thirty three, well, everybody came and then they left. And I slept there in her bed. And at three thirty three, the door blew open. That's which it. I didn't like because it was December 30th in Michigan. But you get the idea that. um
3: wow. Oh it's the most powerful angelic number and it's also the trilogy so mm-hmm. you know father son holy ghost da, da, da. so it's it's the most powerful like spiritual number and i'm not just saying this after the fact every time you spoke i'm like oh there's a mother there's a mother and i just feel like she can breathe again and she needs you to know that she's not sick and i feel like you dotted the i's and you crossed the t's to like advocate for her and help her and make decisions and all that so she's thanking you for that yeah and she's very proud of you too Mm -hmm. oh that's wonderful yeah is it are you one of three
2: um i'm a twin i'm the third born and there's six
3: okay but there's only
2: well it depends how you look at it you know how it is with uh divided families
3: yeah so is it four and two what's the um
2: well there's three left
3: but like four and two, was it four girls, two
2: boys? Like what's five girls, one boy,
3: my twin. Yeah.
2: My twin also uh, went to heaven when we were 16. Oh, wow. But, you know, so hearing about how you use this to help people grieve, then that, that really means a lot because as an adult person in my fifties who have, has lost a lot of people, and have been there, the last one with them before they entered heaven's gates. I understand that I had my own grief process, and I like to help other people. But unless we do our own emotional work, we will not be good at helping other people. So thank right.
3: you, You're Welcome. Yeah, because we stuff it, right? We stuff it. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm sure you see that with everybody. Not even grief, but even like grieving can be a relationship. You know, like just divorce is. They have to go through that grieving process. Sometimes the, you know, five stages of grief, it's still going to apply, right? Yeah. Yeah. And someone's like Mark or Mike too. I kept hearing that name.
2: Mark or Mike? Hmm. For me?
3: Yeah. Hmm. And they can be living. So remember that. They
2: could be living?
3: They could be living. Sometimes they just shout out. Shout out a name.
2: Oh, I'm going to keep my eyes open. I think it's Mark. So,
3: yeah. (laughs) Now, do you, either of you have dreams? Do you ever have dreams of past loved ones? Does your mom come to you, Kelly?
2: No. I did pray one night Mm. terribly. And I would, I would, I fell asleep. This was a couple of, well, maybe 15 years ago. I said, I really want to see my mom. And I prayed and she came to me in the dream and sat on my bed and said, Um, And you would maybe believe that this was her actually coming to me.
3: Yep.
2: Sat on my bed and said, I'm okay. And you're going
3: to. Oh,
2: good. good. I prayed. And I, yeah,
3: that's a dream visit. Mm -hmm. That is what I call a lucid dream visit. Yes. Oh, I believe in
2: lucid dreaming. What about you, Dr. April? Have you ever had.
1: I've had dreams of my grandma who passed away. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. Because they
3: know, so they show up in your dreams because that's at your most relaxed state when you wouldn't question it as much or overthink it and they're able to slip in. So if everybody wants to try to have a dream visit, I say, think of your best memory with that person for like five minutes before you go to sleep and run through it as if you're there. Maybe it's Disney World, maybe it's a special vacation or a spot used to go or Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it may be, and run through it. Put yourself in there, see them smiling, go through different motions and what you did, what it's like, what's on the table, everything. The smells, the sounds, music. And then when you fall asleep, it opens a portal to beyond so that they can pop in and meet you halfway and you can have maybe a hug, from heaven, or they'll be able to talk Uh to you. And with all the dreams I've seen where they speak, they say, I'm okay, you're gonna be okay. That's what they say,
1: Mm -hmm. it's awesome. Wow, wonderful, yes, yeah. And I think sometimes people think the um, dimension of the spirits are like a separate place, you know? Like we think like we go into this one door and we go into this next door, but like, I think we're all here in the same. I don't know if it's dimension or atmosphere, but I don't know if, Maureen, if you see the same thing.
3: Yeah, like I feel that they are one sort of vibrational level above us, or, but right. then the higher vibration is like, you know, the angels and saints and then God, Jesus, whatever. So depending on how we live our life is sort of the vibration where we are when we come out of the physical body which i call the lease vehicle when the lease is up the driver gets out and continues and but that will determine sort of the vibration so where you you know those little prayer cards like i've only slipped into the next room they really are just a level above us that we can't quite access unless we do the work and we trust and we meditate and pray and and say, I know you're here. When you give them credit, like, I know that's you. Instead of our human brain, uh, that's probably a coincidence. Uh, but when you say, thank you, thank you, I know that's you. It allows them to come in with another sign. And some of the most common signs, everybody, um, 11-11 on the clock, right?
1: Right, yes.
3: Pennies oh. and dimes. So eleven eleven. I came up with this. Eleven, eleven, hello from heaven. So <laughs> it, it the one, 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 one is similar to the eight of infinity. So it's it's eternal life. It's never ending. It keeps going with the one, 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 and then finding pennies and dimes. I don't know how they're able to get coins to show up in your path, but they can. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to look at the dates because dates start to coincide and they mean something. Birds, like seeing the cardinal, most of yeah. all, right yeah
1: i have i have a question um can you ask your spirits to help you with
3: stuff yes you can ask for help but this is the language it might be this is what i say instead can you fix this for me i say can you give me the strength to fix this or find a way or lead me in the right direction or guide me but when you do this like okay um can you make the Patriots win the Super Bowl, please? Like things right. like that. It has to be more. <laughs> can you give me the strength to accept when they lose? Like, just like <laughs> it can't be give me, give me, give me. It has to okay. be show me, show right. me, show me, me, show me. But if you listen, they can guide you. So let's say you have a decision to make and it's about, you know, should I take this job? okay, how does it feel? Does it feel mm-hmm. right? Does it feel like a lot of anxiety or goes against the grain? How do you feel? And, and maybe that's part of your work too. Like, how does that make you feel? But it <laughs> may actually feel not so good. Like, I, I don't know, I have trepidation because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. Trust your gut, trust your gut. So, but yeah, I wanted to throw out there too, Getting back to like relationships with um, so many people that you know have broken up after a loved one has passed on or family members stop speaking to one another, they always come through like, "Oh, I wish it wasn't that way," or "If I were here, that wouldn't be happening," and can't you find a way to you know have clear and open communication, forgiveness, or whatnot? I know some are you can't repair. Um, Right. And I feel like the spirit. I have a lot of folks that a mom will come through and be like, "Okay, you're not speaking to Carol. It's been 10 years. And then Mm -hmm. the mom will say, I want you to know, I understand that you did everything you could and you tried and it's not your job to fix it. So I love when they can come through with that kind of relationship advice, like because then they'll say, I felt like I was disappointing her, like I should Mm -hmm. get everyone together and you know, but, you know, they took all the stuff and, you know, they took all the diamonds and they took all the furniture and it's always about stuff, right? Right. like, why are you fighting over like the money and the the lower vibrational ego things? And if our parents were here, like they wouldn't allow it to happen. Like, I want to go back to that, the old, the olden days, right? Where we just, we, yeah, we forget. You know,
2: scripture talks about, um, heaven to having streets of gold and mm-hmm. you know streets are like made out of dirt right so it's so meaningless gold and things are so meaningless they're going to be walked upon in heaven
3: yeah like, so, like the streets of gold it could be interpreted or when we get there that like oh it's not gold it's it's this oh that yes. well, like,
2: story that a- on that picture maureen did <laughs> yeah. you
3: talk? Somebody gave that to me, and I just love That's beautiful. It. I like to go in the woods and tree bathe. Not naked. But right. Like, I go in the woods. <laughs> it's how I relieve my anxiety. I bring the dogs out. I'm lucky that I live in a conservation area, and I take them in the trails, and I just, the minute I get in, there's something to be said for sort of like the heartbeat of a tree or getting in the redwood forest, and it's oh, yeah the energy is magnificent so to me everything is energy that's you know living in some way and um but yeah so that's where i find my peace and before i go to an event and and i'll pray too but i'll go out in the woods and (gasps) oh so i mountain bike and i suggest to everybody get out in nature because that's where you're going to be able to clear your mind and then you're better able to receive not only your intuitive hits, but loved one's messages and signs and communications. But when you're full and you're heavy and, and you know, anger and you can't help but have anxiety or depression in some way, but finding your way out of that darkness so, so that you can see the light, you know, just a little bit. Yeah,
2: there it is. You know, if you ever get to Michigan, um, I have a property uh, that I purchased, and I called it Tommy's Acre in honor of my twin brother. And I say, and the motto is, make memories, not money. And you can go, there's a hammock swinging there. I bought a bunch of hammocks, and you are welcome (laughs) to walk that property. And it's in the beautiful part. It's never been built upon. And it's right across from Lake Huron. And you are all welcome. Um,
3: wow. Like wow. I, did tour, I did a tour of Michigan. I did like obscure places like Kalamazoo. And I did, um, I think Ann Arbor and I did Flint. Yeah. Um, that's which, hilarious. Uh, they
2: call those <laughs> uh, obscure because those are the bigger places.
3: Are they really? Yeah. Well, a- uh, maybe, maybe obscure for like spirit communication because I did the Red <laughs> oh. Barn Theater. Do you know the Red Barn Theater?
2: No, haven't heard it.
3: So it's in like Kalamazoo or right there. And um, big. it's a 600-seat theater inside of a red barn. Wow. And there's literal like live cows and whatnot around. And um, Jennifer Hudson was there the night before me. But really? I, I couldn't get over wow. it. I was in a barn doing an oh, yeah, what <laughs> Um,
2: So how, uh, are you still doing comedy? And how can people find you? How can our listeners find you?
3: So I integrate the comedy into my live events. The It's either like the Medium Next Door Live or Postcards from Heaven. So I don't do private readings anymore because I'm working with the sick and dying, the kids and parents who just lost children tragically. So that's all volunteer work and um, just helping them. But they can find me on uh, the Maureen Hancock fan page on Facebook. They can find me okay. on Instagram at um, Media Marvin Hancock. And I'm on TikTok. What's up, <laughs> Carol Benson? What's happening? You're so hip. And yes. I, lot, I forgot to mention too, I do work with police and FBI. So I do a lot of work with missing people, mm-hmm. um, missing children, mm-hmm. missing adults. And especially in the beginning stages, I've had a lot of luck finding them alive. So um. yeah, and just being guided. So it's really wild. But on my one of my TikToks, I looked at maps of Gabby Petito, and I I said on the TikTok where she was a few days before they found her, and I said I keep seeing this area, the Spread Creek, blah, 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 and that's exactly where she was. So um, it's really wild. It go it goes into a whole other area where it takes a lot out of me. Like I'm in bed for days when I do that work, oh but it's God. so I'll it's really killing. Goodness.
1: Yes. Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, We're and
3: maureenhancock.com. Yes. Maureen I was just about to mention. Yeah, I was just about to mention your website. Yes. And then my book is The Medium Next Door. And it's everyone seems to love it. It's a quick, easy read. It's just like having a cup of coffee or a margarita with me. And at the end of every chapter, I give advice how to open up. And I have an online university called the Maureen Hancock University to teach oh how to be your own medium, but also natural healing chakras are energy. And then we meet once a month and I do readings and teach you over zoom. So it's pretty cool. Check it out.
2: Wow. Well, thank you so much. We've learned a lot about finding joy through grief today and spirit communication made easy. And you certainly did make it sound easy. And, um, and also um, Dr. April, you had mentioned your book earlier and, we would like to um, offer listeners uh, that are listening and uh, sign up for our newsletter, bringing intimacy back. Uh, and and also, is that on your website, Doctor April?
1: Yes, um, they, the yes. newsletter. If they if they sign up for a newsletter, yes, we'll give them a copy of a one of the books there, improving uh, intimacy.
2: Ooh. And this is yes. she just finished um, the fourth book in a seven part series. So we're proud of you, Doctor April. And next week, we have Jason Gaddis, Relationships, Personal Growth, and Intimacy. We'd like to thank everybody for joining us today
1: on Bringing Intimacy Back. Yes. And thank you again, Maureen, for being on the show. It's been And just listening to you. And you've also not only inspired us to connect um, with our loved ones or people that have passed away, but also that connection that we should have with ourselves and being able to trust our intuitions. So thank you. You're welcome back here anytime.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Yes. And thank you so much, Dr. Kelly, again, for being on the show and You're hope welcome. you feel better as the day progresses. I feel
2: great. And thank you for speaking into my life, Maureen and Dr.
1: April, as always. Yes. This has been the Bring in Intimacy
3: Back show, where intimacy is real. Thank you, guys. Thank you.